here in front of lots of people, so it's great to be here. Um, I'm Ben, as you've heard, and I'll be bringing the word from uh, 1 Thessalonians this morning. We've been going through the book of Thessalonians over the last weeks, um, and it's a fairly short book. It's about five chapters long. So if you haven't been with us, um, feel free to, to read it in your own time. It doesn't take too long. But before we do that, I want us to pray together. Um, it's great that we can worship in song, and now I'd love us to continue our worship as we hear God's word, as we allow his spirit to move, as we allow his truth just to permeate into us. So let's just spend some time before the Lord. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you that it is you who brings life. Lord, thank you that we can just come here freely, Lord, and meet on a Sunday morning that so many churches around the world face persecution, Lord, and we can be here and lift your name and profess that you are our King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, speak to us now through your word. I pray you'll you would open our hearts, prepare the soil, Lord, to hear your, your word, Lord, to plant your seeds. May we just enjoy spending time with you, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Brilliant. So, um, the passage we'll be reading from is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. It's uh, fairly short, so I'll read it. If you've got a Bible, you can read along. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So that's it, as simple as that. Pray more, be more joyful, be more thankful. I'll leave it with you. Brilliant. And some verses we look at and think, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. But uh, it's not as easy as that. And I struggle with this passage, and I've been wrestling with it over the weeks. I don't know who of you here likes a game of Scrabble, anyone? I don't. I hate it. It's rubbish. I'm really bad at it. Um, that's got nothing to do with this, but I thought you should know a bit about me. A game I do like is Pictionary. That's a really good game. If you haven't played Pictionary, you get a word and you have to draw it, and people guess it. When you're playing, if you get like a card which has a really difficult name on, usually I'll just pass it, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I don't want to do that one, it'll take too long. Sorry, my daughter's screaming at me. And sometimes when I look at certain verses, I don't reject them because they're all God's word, but there's certain bits which, which I find harder maybe to read, so I glaze over them a little bit. And in this passage, there are three words which are really difficult. And those words are always, continually, and in all. I know that's two, but anyway. Always, continually, in all. It says, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And that's really challenging, because if it just said, be joyful, pray, and be thankful, I'd be like, yeah, I could probably do that. Like Most of the time, I'm one of those things. But to do it all the time without stopping and in every situation is really difficult and perhaps if we're a bit cynical we can sometimes look at these passages and think if you're really financially well off and you have no problems in life and loads of free time that, then it's easy then you could do that but I, I can't because I don't actually have much money um, I've got so much going on in the week I have no time H how can I be joyful when I'm going through this 
How can I pray all the time when I don't have any time to spend with my kids? How can I be thankful? You don't, I just lost my job. And we can look at these verses and get a bit cynical and think, how is this possible? And the great thing is, is there's three other words at the end of this passage, which says, in Christ Jesus. Oh, <laughs> good. I'm glad it says that. Because if it said, in Ben McAuliffe, or whatever your name is, it would say, be joyful when it's easy, pray when you find time, and give thanks as long as life's going well. But it doesn't. Thankfully, in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you're a Christian, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, in Christ Jesus, we can do these things. Because without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, without faith in God, it is impossible to do God's will. I'll say that again. Without the infilling of the Holy Spirit and faith in God, it is impossible to do God's will. And this is God's will, because it says, be joyful, can always pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will. So this morning, if you're thinking, God, what's your will for my life? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? I want you to be joyful, to pray continually, to give thanks. No, I, I know God, but what about, what about this person? Should I marry them? Or I don't know if I get to be joyful. Pray, give thanks. But what about this job? What about, what about, what about? Um, I can think, but, you know, God's will is, is more specific to my exact footsteps and what I do and what I get on with. But God's will for us in Christ Jesus is to be joyful always, to give thanks in all circumstances and to pray continually. So that's what I'd love to unpack uh, just briefly this morning. Um, so firstly, the first thing it talks about, being joyful always. So I'd like you to shout out some things which make you happy, make sure they're not rude. So anyone, shout out something that makes you happy. Sunshine. Pardon? Nature. Food. Good. Family. Babies. They make me happy most of the time, not at 3 a.m. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, tell me some things which make you joyful. Family. Family, friends. Forgiveness. Answer prayer. Anything else? Walking. Brilliant. So we've got certain things here which make us happy, some things that make us joyful. What's the difference between happy and joyful? They're very similar words. And what I thought would be very important to do is to look at what is the difference between happiness and joy, firstly. Um, I'm surprised no one said Jesus, because that gets extra brownie points. So you guys should be ashamed. 90% um, of the time, if you say Jesus in church, you're usually right. So I'm surprised that didn't come up, but anyway. Um, so happiness to me would be someone saying, uh, here's a bacon roll. That's great, thank you. Or you look great today. Um, let me buy you something. I'm like, yes. Yeah, thank you. I'm, ha I'm happy. I've got a smile on my face. I'm unhappy if someone knocked the bacon roll out of my hand and said, you look terrible today, um, and I'm never going to buy you anything. So uh, happiness to me is dictated by what happens externally. So something happens in my life. As a result of that external thing, I feel happy or I feel sad. But joy, on the other hand, I believe is something that we choose. It's a choice that we make. It's not a result of something that happens. It's a choice that I take. Um, I read this quote which says it better than I can, so I'll read this, I, I don't know who it's by. It says, happiness doesn't bring joy, and joy isn't the byproduct of happiness. 
Joy is something grander than happiness. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. And when we find joy, it's infused with comfort and wrapped in peace. It's an attitude of the heart and spirit and comes with following Christ Jesus and pursuing him in your life. So our joy as Christians ultimately is, is knowing Jesus Christ. And that's where my joy, that's where our joy should, should stem from. Because if it's happiness dictated by what's happening, have a bad day, my kids aren't listening, whatever, I'm, I'm like this, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up and down, because it's only dictated by external things. But joy rooted in Christ is constant. And there's a verse which I, I say to myself sometimes when I'm feeling a bit stale and a bit stagnant in my faith. From Psalm 51, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And that's such a beautiful verse. And I say that to myself, you know, restore to me the joy. What it was like, I remember when I first became a Christian, I was so on fire. And, and we go through times in our faith where we're like that, and times when we just feel a bit, a bit stale, a bit dry, a bit low. And, and that verse for me is, restore to me the joy, the joy that comes from salvation in Jesus. Restore it to me. It's a bit like if you... Uh, have her a partner, or, or I remember when I first met my now wife, everything's new and fun and exciting, and I always want to spend time with her. And time goes on a little bit, and time takes its toll. And you don't as much want to spend time, maybe, that passion. She can't see me, or she can hear me. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, love is exciting as it's always been. I've saved it. And my point is, when we follow Jesus and we have a sense of that, wow, God, my salvation is in you, that brings such joy. Restore that joy to me. That's the joy that Paul is talking about. Jesus, in, in Luke, he sends out his followers and he says to them, go out and free people from, from bondage, um, heal people. And they come back to him and they've done all these amazing things. They're like, it's so excited. They come back. Jesus, even the demons submit to us. And they're like, yes. That's, it's awesome. Like, that's amazing. And Jesus says to them, do not rejoice that the demons submit to you. Like, that's an amazing thing. Like, surely I should be, be full of joy because your name brings freedom. But instead, he says, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's what Paul is talking about. If our joy is rooted in, hold on, my name is written in heaven. Like, oh, like, my name. I, I know mine is because I... Trust Jesus. If you say you're the same and your name is written in heaven, that's where our joy should be. Not in happiness of the world, not in situations or circumstances, but because your names are written in heaven. That's what Paul is talking about. And that to me is amazing. So that's what the poor, be, be, be joyful always because your names are written in heaven. Next, he talks about praying continually. Pray continually. Do you guys all pray continually? Are you praying now? Hmm? You should be. Paul doesn't mean that literally because it's impossible because you sleep and you go to school or work or whatever. Paul is, I believe, in, in other translations it says pray without ceasing. So don't give up. Don't stop. It's not lock yourself in your room and never come out and just only ever pray because we can't. Paul is talking about a mentality of prayer. He's talking about a heart culture of prayer. He's talking about having an attitude of ceaseless prayer. So not giving up is what he's talking about. 
I remember the first real example of an answered prayer was when I was, I don't know, 13, 14, and I was at my old church back where I used to live, and, and there was, we, we had a church youth group, and there was a chap in there called Steve, and one day he came to us with horrendous news and said his mum's got a, a, a brain tumour the size of a grapefruit in her head, and she has to have a major operation. And so we committed to like, okay, every week we're going to pray for his mum. Weeks went by, and months went by, and we kept praying, and nothing was changing. And if I'm going to be honest, I didn't, I'd never seen an answered prayer like, like that. And part of me was like, I will pray, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. And one day he came, and he was like, guess what? Like, what? He's like, so my mum went to her final appointment before her surgery, and they did the scan, and the tumour had gotten about a quarter of the size to what it was. We were like, whoa, like, that's crazy. And she had had no treatment, like she had no treatment at all. There was no medical reason for that tumour to shrink at all. And she said, the doctor said to his mum, he's like, this doesn't make sense. Like, that, that doesn't just happen. And she was a Christian. She said, well, well Jesus has healed me. And the doctor didn't know what to say. He wasn't a, a Christian. He was like, oh, okay. He said, well, I don't have any other explanation, so why not? Let's go with that. And we were so encouraged, like, wow, God answered prayer. We prayed without giving up, and he answered. The hard thing is, is when we do the same thing and the prayers don't get answered. And there have been times in this church, been times in my life and other people's life, I've prayed for things for so long, and it hasn't happened. And people have passed on, and you're like, God, wh why do you... I, why do you do this here and not there and I don't understand it and it's hard but do not give up do not cease praying just because it hasn't been answered the way you want it to or in your time or who am I to say what should have shouldn't happen God is God and I still trust him Paul's saying don't give up even if your prayers aren't getting answered or you pray and it didn't work don't give up don't cease praying continue to spend time with me and it's out of the spirit. So the more time I spend, the more time we spend just, just spending time in God's spirit, the more I actually want to pray. I'm not sure, I'm sure you've noticed that. And it, on the flip side, the same. If, if I surround myself with busyness and think, you know, I, I just, I notice my prayer life is, is taking a back step, the less I actually want to pray. So the more I do it, the more my heart cries out. The less I do it, the less I'm like, you know, I haven't got time. Romans 8.15 says, But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In other words, as we know that we are adopted, our souls just want to cry out, Dad. As we spend time with him, our hearts cry out, Father. How many of you have you noticed when, you know, there's a prayer meeting that evening, and you come back from work, and work's been long and hard, and you open the curtains, and it's raining and dark and cold, and it's like, I don't really want to go out and spend time with other people. I've done that quite a few times. But there have been times where I've gone. And the heart I have come back with has been a very different heart to the heart that I left with. Because actually, like I said, as I spend time in fellowship with other believers in prayer, the more I've wanted just to cry out, oh God, my heart's been changed completely. And even though we're Christians and I've received the Spirit, it's important just to continually, just, just to top that up. Because the more time we spend with God, the more times we want to spend with Him. And the more times we culture like a, a prayerful mentality. Having personal time in the mornings if you can, 
for me, it's hard, but I try and get out where I can and just spend that time. Because the more time I spend with him by myself, I find throughout the day, do you know what? It's really easy just to fire up a quick prayer. There's a phrase which says, those who run from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. So however it is, a prayer for a heart of prayer, like Paul is talking about, prayer without ceasing is going to work. God, let me be salt and light today. This guy at work is really difficult. God, be on him. Be on this relationship. God, thank you. Some of you said for nature, you see a son's like, God, your creation is so good. Paul's talking about a heart which is never too far away from just praying to God, praising God, speaking with him. So when he says pray continually, it's that heart attitude. It's do not give up. Cultivate that mentality of prayer, that practice of prayer. Pray ceaselessly. Finally, give thanks in all circumstances. Are you still with me? You're still here. You're not thinking about football or why you drank so much tea this morning and now you really need a wee. I bet you're thinking about it. No, aren't you? I did. I wish I hadn't. So, give thanks in all circumstances. The key word here is in and not for. Because we can look at this and think, what have I got to be thankful for? I usually look at the news and don't know why I do, and I'm like, man, this is such an evil world. Like, that person is like, you see things that people do, like, that is so evil. Like, what, what am I thanking? Why are you thankful for that? You know, I've just, I've just had a, a pay cut or I've lost my job or whatever. I've just, well, what am I thankful for? But this verse doesn't say that because our God is not an evil God. We don't give thanks for evil things. Be thankful in all, not for all. We don't thank God for bad things that happen. Be thankful in all circumstances. In other words, be thankful regardless of what's going on. Thankfulness isn't about what you have or don't have. Thankfulness is an attitude of gratitude to God for who he is. I'm thankful to God because the God of all creation, when you read in Genesis, the one who formed the planets and made light and made the sun and the earth and the animals and all these things and then made me and, and then he sent his son to die for me. That, that God, and he calls me son, daughter, says, come and have a relationship. Like, thank you. Thank you, God, because of who you are, that you have called me into your family, into your adoption. There's a, there's a, a chap who, who I know who spoke here years ago. You may remember him or not. And he, so, he told us a story, and it stuck with me. Anytime I think about a thankful heart to God, not because of what I have, but because of who he is, I'm reminded of this story. His wife gave birth to twins who were very, very premature, and realistically, there wasn't a, a big chance of them surviving. Every day, he would go into the hospital. Obviously, they were, they were in intensive care there, and his, his wife was there as well. And he said there was a big corridor that he knew every day. He'd go to the end of that corridor. He didn't know what news he'd get at the end. He didn't know, look, I'm sorry. You know, your, your children haven't made it. Or he didn't know whether they'd be worse or, or what was going on. But one thing he said, which always stuck with me, he said, regardless of what I'm going to hear at the end of that, I thank God right now for him, not because of what's going to happen. 
I'm thankful for God. I'm spending time with God because he's a good God now and that's not going to change regardless of what happens at the end of this corridor. And I was blown away by that, particularly as a parent. If you know your children aren't well, it's, like, it's such a horrible feeling for him to say, regardless of what happens at the end of there, which regardless for any of us, what happens at the end of the day, what happens during the day, our thankfulness should be because of who God is, not because of what may or may not happen in our lives. Thankfulness to God for who he is. There's a prayer which I, I, I say to myself when I'm feeling a bit low is, is God, don't let my view, so don't let how I feel, so I'm feeling a bit, a bit not, not spiritually on fire, don't let how I feel change my view of who you are. But let who you are change how I feel. And when it's that way around, when we come to God with, oh God, I thank you so much that you have called me. I thank you that you are for me. I thank you that you provide. I thank you that you have blessed me with many things. I thank you, Jesus, that my name is written in heaven. I thank you. If that's my priority, then it doesn't matter what happens at the end of the corridor. Because I'm rooted in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what happens in any of our lives if, if you are rooted in Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm just uh, coming into land here. So there's a passage um, in, in Psalms, uh, Psalm 139, a really beautiful passage which talks about who we are, how, how God sees us, and it makes me thankful. And I thought I'd, I'd read it. Um, if you want to quiet your, your, your souls and if you want to close your eyes and just hear the words, that's great. So it's from Psalm 139 from verse 7. It says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, Surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That just makes me thankful. That makes me so thankful. God's word is so good. Just finding bits like that in scripture, just to read it out when you don't feel thankful is so good. So, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Be joyful because our names are written in heaven. Pray continually, do not give up. Cultivate a prayerful heart of spending time with your Father. And be thankful in all circumstances, not because of what's going on in your day, but because of who God is. I'll just read this passage again. Be joyful always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus.
Oh man. <laughs>